All right, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Word Bros. Word Bros. exactly what it is. A new What's episode up? of Word Bros. What's up, Kevin? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Uh, in the middle of Kickstarter hell. How are you? 13 days, bro. 13 days left. Uh, 13 days, $13,000. It's, 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 uh, it's coming down to it. We're making, we're making things happen on Kickstarter. And speaking of making things happen on Kickstarter, we have two very uh, lovely guests today. We have a writing duo. That's not us. It's amazing, right? It is. It's, it'll be interesting to talk to a, a team of writers because you and I are the, are the word bros. We make comics. Or today, I don't think they have a clever nickname like us. Well, they have NSIM. What are they called? NSIM. NSIM. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, is, what does that mean? Insymmetry. Insymmetry writing. That's much more creative than word bros, I think. Yes, I think they've got us beat. Like, we, we just have, like, that, that WWE tag team name. Like, yeah. we would be, like, somebody they'd introduce on WWE, and we'd get some music. That sounds though. like a business. We'd be, like, we'd, like, we'd be jobbers. We're Saturday. No, we're, like, Saturday morning wrestling. Now, what happens no. is the NWA has the Rock and Roll Express. The WWF has the Midnight Rockers. We're just like in the AWA or like some Texas Wrestling Federation. <laughs> We're the word bros. And we just show up like, what's up? Yeah. yeah. We're like the McDowell's. With of, like neon fringes on our pants and stuff? Of course, of course. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, we're like the, the fifth rate, you know, rock and roll express. I was going to say, if you combine the two, it would be like the 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 midnight, the, what it, would it be the, the rock and roll? The, what was the uh, other one? Well, there was Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were the Midnight Rockers, and then they were just the Rockers. Um, because, and then, because there was the Midnight Express with beautiful Bobby Eaton and Sweet Stan, and they used to wrestle the Rock and Roll Express all the time. But then, like, out of nowhere came the Midnight Rockers, which is just like, well, let's do them both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, I was supposed to say that. That's what we, we, uh, that's what we would be. Is is both of them mashed together like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of awful? Yes, the Midnight Rockers. That's then. And then they just changed when they got to WWE. They just became the Rockers. <laughs> Are we going to change our name in, in like season three and just be the Bros? Yeah. Well, it's funny too because we've been talking about doing a, a playthrough podcast forever, and we were going to call it Dice Bros to try kind of <laughs> to kind of fit the. It's the model. Yeah. It's the brand. We have Metal Shark Bro, which is in the comic book. <laughs> we are the Word Bros podcast, and we we might have a podcast, a playthrough pod called Dice Bros. So. 
That's just what it is. It's just part of the model. So if you're looking for anything broy, like we've we've cornered the market on that without being actually broy ourselves, which yeah. is the funniest part about it. Yeah, it's just kind of like if you know if maybe uh, we should have called ourselves the Word Dudes or something. <laughs> it probably would have been a little. I think it'd be a little less alienating because I think the because um, the name of of Metal Shark Bro had turned off a few. Uh, comic people i remember asking hey like this is what we're trying to do it's called middle short bro and they're like oh like that sounds kind of like this thing where people are douchey i was like oh so bro is automatically associated with douchey so it's like no 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 like it's actually the opposite of that if you read it it's not like that at all and then when we got people to read it like the valkyries when they read it they were like oh this is actually much different than this is not douchey at all and if it is it was totally meant to be yeah (laughs) like so it's it's interesting when I tell people the name of the podcast is Word Bros, and they're like, "Are you are you guys like broy guys?" And I'm like, "Yes, we're yes, probably we the we're like, probably the least broy guys on the entire planet." Like Bob wears a fancy scarf to every pod. Every I can play adventure. beer. We play beer pong while we do the podcast, and then like, is fucking, it gonna be like beer pong D and D where you like have to bounce a twenty sided into the beer, and, and we smash beer cans on our heads and talk, talk about how awesome Grand Design is. It's we do. <laughs> bro, grand design is so fucking sweet, dude. Like this book is fucking bro, bro. It's amazing, bro. Like fucking a, dude. Whoa, bro, beer me, bro. I need a beer. Give me a fucking brew dog. Well, you need to do a lift first, dude. Yeah, keg stands, bro. Keg stand. This book gets three keg stands because that's how fucking terrible it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, here is Matt Knowles and Stephanie Cannon. I think we got it this time, right, guys? Yes, I, I hope so. And it's thanks too because last time was a very fun interview. We had a good time, but the audio quality was just awful. So we're here with Matt and Stephanie. Um, they are promoting their Kickstarter. Uh, is your Kickstarter still? Is your Kickstarter? Hang on. Is your Kickstarter still running? Like, is it actually still up? Oh yeah, yeah. We have at the time of the recording, we still have 16, 16 days left on it. Okay, because I for some reason I thought you guys were coming to the tail end of your podcast oh excuse me the tail end of your campaign if during the last podcast but you guys still have some time left so that's good yeah we actually we, we i think that it was within 30 minutes of each other was when we started and oh, ours okay. actually goes ours actually goes a couple days longer than yours because we ended up now with seven personal appearances during the kickstarter and we didn't want to have the last one which is the show at uh acme creator con that walter is going to be at we didn't nice. want that show to fall outside of the kickstarter okay so we extended it by a couple of days which begrudgingly nobody really wants to do one over 30 days but we did that so that that way that show um with all the guys from scout comics and kablam printing and all that we're going to be there we can at least do that show and not be a day after the kickstarter and then the name of your book is heirs of a Seeldra, right a cedra see a cedra yes. I told you guys he would Sild- mess it up. Isildra. 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 There it is. There it is. I got it. I got it. Isildra. There you go. Isildra. Oh, man. Oh, dude. I'm glad, I'm glad to know how much joy you bring Kevin 
when that's I, I mean, it's amazing. He it's revel, so funny until Kevin starts laughing about it. <laughs> he revels in my failure because he knows that I'm so great. There's not, there's not much of it. Challenged, so especially, I, I especially I just the phonics, man. It's just I don't know what it is, man. It just doesn't help me. So yeah, so you guys are um, you guys are moving along with this thing now. This is one through eleven. Like this is crazy big. This Kickstarter, like. How has this thing gotten so huge? Like 11 issues is insane. How did you, how did you pull this off? Uh, 11 issues is insane. And that's like, yeah, probably with a little bit of insanity. Um, it started off being a companion to a 12 track album. And it wasn't like it was one song on the album per issue, but it was just, there were songs on the album that went along with the, the issues. And it just ended up being 11 issues. It never was intended to be that way um, at the beginning. But uh, the first 10 issues, we self-funded. The album, we self-funded. And then we got to a point, Steph and I were just like, dude, we're tired of self-funding everything. We need to get into a different ball, different ball game. And that's why we did the uh, Kickstarter for Tales from Nocturnia and now doing the Kickstarter for this one. And um, we decided with this one, nobody's really going to want to jump into a series at issue 11. And we didn't want people that had been faithful fans to only have a chance to get the trade paperback. Mm -hmm. There's copies of issue 11 and the trade paperback in this Kickstarter. So that way, some people may want one, some people may want the other. Some people like Richard Rivera, he wants everything that we ever do. So he's got, he's Richard got a copy of all five different versions of number 11 and the trade paperback and the trading cards and all the fun stuff. Okay, because you know you're breaking the number one rule of comics is like, don't do as your, you know, your series and stuff, don't do an 11 issue giant opus thing. Like, you know, that's not normally the way people get into this thing. And we talked about this last time, Matt, you're all about it. But Stephanie, you got your start in comics by doing like little one shots, one page stories. So I'm curious to see how the meeting of the minds work with that, how you go from Mr. Like, you go from Beowulf to one page (laughs) stories. Like, how do you guys blend those things together? (laughs) yeah it's um uh, yeah the first thing that i did was a one-page comic it's it's this one right behind me actually behind you (laughs) ghost city comics competition it was a finalist in the one-page comic category and from there it was weird because i feel like once that broke people started like messaging me and asking for advice on how to write one-page comics i'm like i've only done the one i'm not an expert but then i started writing more and i've got a few and matt and i actually did a one-page comic together called hard to fathom and so I just sort of, and then I have, you know, short comics and anthologies. So that's kind of how I got coined. So now was, I, Matt's, was, well, Matt's one, was Matt's one page actually like an old school parchment that rolled out? Feet? <laughs> it was a CVS receipt. Let's make sure, let's make sure that she doesn't, she just tried to scoot right past that really quick. You, you were coined what again, Steph? What were you coined? I, I, I'm not, not going to say it because it's just weird and, and gross if I say the it. One page comic queen? <laughs> The one page, the queen of the one page comic. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're gonna have a title, that's a really good title. Like, I don't have a title. Kevin's got Kevin's just known as the guy with the sweet beard. So, I mean, that's pretty rad that you have. You're you're the guy with the ascot. You do have a title. True, I'm the ascot. Oh, you should. You wear ascots? I have ascots. I am a big fan of neckwear. Yes. Let me. Let me. You know what though? I, you and I, I've said, I've said that we are like, you know, kindred spirits in a sense. I wear an ascot to every show that we go to. Michael Asilder in shows is I. 
I was just talking to my wife tonight about I've got to get some more vests. I've got to get some more ascots because I got to have more of a variety with all these shows we're doing. So yeah, I've got a, like a half a dozen ascots in there, man. Now that fits your steampunk kind of vibe though, doesn't it? Like the ascots, yes. like I look more like Fred from Scooby-Doo. He looks like, he looks like we're going to like go write comics or solve mysteries with, with like a talking monkey. Or I may, <laughs> I'm, I'm your landlord. I'm like Mr. Furley in Three's Company. Like that's right. how I rock that's him. More he, that's more that how he runs. But, but I mean, again, though, I like the attitude of it because i mean you're at a comic con like there's adults dressed like batman like you should be able to rock a scarf or 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 an an ascot and not feel like a weirdo like yeah let your freak flag fly if you will but yeah you should we should make you a crown like a queen like a one-page comic queen crown i'll take it i actually like the name i just you know i it's little disingenuous coming out of my mouth that makes it even better though like nobody if you're running around saying that like well shima that must be what it's known as if like, you own next, it yeah the next podcast that we do i'm just going to have a crown and it's just going to say you know one page <laughs> i think that'd be like a wrestling title you know, like I you think, know. yeah i think we need to go like take it a little bit further i think she's gonna go in and like a like a like a dress from like a beauty pageant with the staff that says one page. No, no, that's, just, that's, that's not royalty. I think you should just dress up like Macho Man Randy Savage circa I'm, like 1980. I'm actually okay with that. <laughs> and he was the Macho King because I don't know if you guys remember, he won King of the Ring and he was actually the Macho King and wore like a weird cowboy hat and had all this. You should do that. Like, I could totally do that. I love yeah. writing Westerns. So that actually fits. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know, so you like Westerns too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love Westerns. Okay. That's Kevin likes Westerns as well. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. Kevin and I have talked about that before, but yeah, right. the, we have. One was, and I, I have written a graphic novel script that's kind of a, I say it's a post-apocalyptic western. So, as westerns are my jam, and I'd love to write more of them somewhere down it's the just, line. Westerns are tough though because they just don't seem to move in the marketplace. That yeah. is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with in comics though, I know there's been I've seen a few western comic um, kickstarters that have done really well. Um, I, there's there's a couple that have done like 20 30 grand so i think it's just you know the art you really have to have really good art for western mm-hmm. so that it looks you know authentic because i know there was that one dude that did a. Why are we talking about him? There, there's no point to bring him up. He's not here, so fuck him. Um, <laughs> why are we going to talk about it? His successful Kickstarter when he's not here. Um, but yeah, westerns. Westerns are fun, and I think part of it is too. Like, was your dad growing up? Like, was he a big yeah. western? Yeah. So it's like no, it's just that's kind exactly of exactly what it was. I grew up watching westerns as a kid. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Like I could do this. Like there, it's basically like seven stories. Like somebody stole yeah. my horse, I gotta kill him. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> stole my wife, I gotta kill him. You know. <laughs> Uh, that's just like John Wick, almost. <laughs> yeah, somebody stole my wife. I got to kill him. Somebody stole my horse. I got to kill him. Somebody killed my friend. I got to kill him. Like, that's no, West. Somebody messed up the bar. I got to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So what is your what is your Western uh, graphic novel about? Will you, could you tell us a little bit about it? Um, well, it's, it's about, uh, it's, it's set like 10 months after an apocalyptic sickness that, uh, wipes out a good portion of humanity. And it is about a small group of survivors who are traveling to a town, a real life town that exists in Texas, um, called Bandera. That is it in its heyday. Like you could go there today. It is, it is this kitschy little touristy where everything is just like the old west the entire town they have blacksmith shops and everything and so these survivors want to get to this town because they feel like that this is where they need to go to rebuild humanity because you know there's blacksmith shops and all these things that that they did in the old west that don't require electricity and that kind of thing so 
Um, it's about them trying to travel to this place that they have hope that they can uh, rebuild. And uh, of course, you know, trouble ensues along the way. That's fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. Now, now, how do you do? You have like an artist or anything like this, or is this just like a thing you're doing? And and is is Matt working with you on this or no? Well, the funny thing is, is we were just talking about starting with your magnum opus. That was literally the first thing I wrote. It's a graphic novel script, so it's 104 pages. <laughs> art, art is is happening on it, and we got to tweak it a little bit. So right now, it's kind of like let's go back and and pull back a little bit and see how we can. You know, do we want to keep this a graphic novel? Do we want to separate it out into three issues? But Matt will absolutely be involved in one way, shape, or form. I mean, the thing is written, but that doesn't mean that what's written is, you know, you know, gospel at this point. So um, uh, the sky's the limit with it right now, actually. Okay, that's cool. Uh, now, is this something that Matt would work with you on or no? I know, <laughs> Matt. Would you work with me on it? <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's one of those, we've had so many different things in the course of, say, the past, I would say, what, 12 months that we thought we were going to do, that when the time came, we said, you know what, we're going to put it on the back burner and we're going to push it to a little bit farther down. Um, Bandera was something that we had scheduled, and we decided that with having, you know, airs being in, you know, in its big push that it is, having the 11 issues and the, the CD and then having Tales from Arturnia and having the Accursed with uh, Alterna, we wanted to... We said, okay, hey, we're, gonna, we're not going to do this music video we were going to do because we didn't really have the time. We had two different music videos we were going to do that we needed to push back. Okay. Um, instead of, we, we have three right now. We would have had five. You're doing um, music videos? Like, really? Or is this like a, like you're doing music videos? There, yeah. You, yeah, there's, um, if you go look at uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel, there's the song Lovelorn Betrayal. And um, that music video is actually <clears throat> all art from issue six that has turned into a lyric video. Huh. And it was actually done by our, our video guy, Julian uh, Minoso in Brazil. So it's, you know, yeah, wow. with, with the album and the issues for airs, there's a few music videos that go along with it as well to, to help expand the universe. That's but, cool. Um, like with Bandera, it's one of those things that we made the decision. We said, hey, we have all this focus and all this energy and all this time and finances into these things. Let's push it back out a little bit to 2020, 2021 so that that way it doesn't get swallowed up in the middle of all these other things that we're doing. Because when you release something, you want it to be a big deal. You don't want it to be like, oh yeah, we got this Kickstarter here. We got this title here. We got this title here. We did this thing over here, Bandera. And we have these other things going on. We just decided to kind of shuffle it around. I mean, Steph and I wrote 26 one shots. You know, we have the ideas for 26 one shots. So we actually have a spreadsheet of all the different ideas and all that. And we have them on the spreadsheet and we're like, Someday we're going to get around to doing them. There may be things that go in anthologies. There may be things that we do as a continuing series, but we're like, you know what? Those things will happen in the day. We just don't have the time to do it right now. All right. Oh man, we have so many ideas. We have, we have ideas to last us the rest of our lives. So <laughs> that's how we want it to be. We don't, we don't want to get to a point where we're like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> you know? That's what Kevin and I grapple with every day. Like, oh shit, what do we do next? Well, that's not true. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. Oh. Now, how long have you guys been a, uh, a two-headed, four-armed writing monster? Like, how long has that been going on? So we've been, we've actually been friends uh, for about a year and a half. And officially, it's been about 14 months. But we actually started working together very shortly after we met. Like, you know, there's just certain people that you just click with. And um, as soon as we knew we clicked, we started working on things together. And it was simple things like... Um, you know, just venting to each other about some of the struggles we were having with 
you know, whether it be artists or other creators or, you know, labels, just anybody, anything that, anything that you guys would come across within a normal day. And um, it quickly turned into helping each other out with script based things to then turn into, Hey, you know what, we just need to do everything together because we get three times as much accomplished with the two of us together. So. It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's very true. Yeah. That's something that we said when we first started doing um, work together is there's two of us so we can get like twice as much done. Um, and it's actually more than twice as much because like you guys said, you have so many things, you know, yeah. so, um, so explain to us how, how your Kickstarter for Air, Heirs of Isildur. Uh, oh, you said Heirs wrong. At least I got the made-up word wrong, you <laughs> douche. <laughs> You'd be hating. You'd be hating. Um, how that crisscrosses with Tales of Nocturnia and how that would interest your uh, Kickstarter backers. Awesome. So, or, or potential backers. So um, we'll give you, I'll tell you a little bit about what Heirs is, and then, then that, that'll, t- that'll lead us into Nocturnia. So Great. A, yep, so Heirs of a Sealdor is a, time tra- a steampunk time travel story that we like to say is time travel in reverse. It's not about getting into your time machine and going to the past to try and change something to, to affect what's going to happen in the future. It's about this watchmaker in a conservative little steampunk enclave called Shadowshaven who dedicates his whole life to making sure time works exactly as it should. He doesn't want it to waver even by a fraction of a second. Everything in the town is regimented. Everybody work, you know, moves to exactly you know, the beat of the clock, so to speak, you know, there's, you know, everything is by the numbers. And one day, because of his curious nature, he ends up following something that interests him that ends up accidentally opening up a time portal. That time portal starts to bring people from other eras to him. Oh, that's fun. So this guy that is all about making sure time works exactly as it should could be the person who ends up ultimately breaking the timeline. Yeah, that's, Uh, that's, you know what that is. Hmm. That's a hell of a quinky dink right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so how that, how that works with Tales from Nocturnia is, spoiler alert, in one of the issues, a king from a medieval kingdom is who gets pulled through the portal. So now this guy, this little steampunk enclave, has all these people and a king that comes through in full regalia with his shield and his sword. And what are we going to do now? We decided that this kingdom that the king came from, he gets pulled through just after he executes his best friend for having an affair with the queen, the queen jumps to her death at the execution. The king kind of loses it a little bit. So he rides off on his horse to try to, you know, get a clear perspective, fresh perspective. What am I going to do now? Um, And when he's out in the forest is when he gets pulled through into the air storyline. We thought it would be neat to go and explore this kingdom of Nocturnia where they've lost their king, their queen, their next in command, they have no idea where their king is because they don't know that he's been pulled through into heirs of a sealer. They just okay. know he rode away and he went out somewhere and they don't know where he's at. Um, the kingdom of Nocturnia is under imminent threat and they have to figure out how to, you know, rebuild, so to speak, rebuild their leadership so that that way they can have some kind of structure before these forces invade. And the story starts off, um, starts off at first through the perspective of Beninok, the executioner. Okay. Um, okay. Because the executioner was actually the reason why we were inspired for the story in the first place. Uh, when our artist, Javi Lapara, we gave him the script for Air 6. Um, we said we wanted to see a shot of the stage where you can see some blood from Zarek, who's the, the, um, the next in command, and the queen, both on the stage. Javi interpreted that as we want to see a little bit of their, their blood kind of there, but to have the executioner in his little black hood looking back up at the king and just the emotion in it, you meet Steph and I are both like, the guy has a look on his face. So go, what do I do now? 
And we both were like, man, I wonder what's going through that guy's head. I think we need to write a mini series about this. And that's, that's exactly cool. where it started from. That's awesome. That sounds fun. It, it reminds me of like what happened in France when Bill and Ted took Napoleon. Like that's, <laughs> that's exactly. And, and that's how I would have pitched this idea to Kevin. Like it'd be like, Hey Kevin, what happened in France when Napoleon was gone and Bill and Ted? And then we would have, this is much more serious and kind of, uh, interesting as opposed, as opposed to what I told Kevin. But it's fun to hear how, how ideas kind of come about that way. And when and did you guys both kind of agree on this thing? Like with the, or did, did Stephanie, did you bring it to Matt's attention? Like, hey, I wonder what the, we should do this. Or was it just kind of like, did it, the bomb go off in both your heads at the same time? I think, I think the bomb went off in both our heads at the same time. We're on video chat. We work all day long and we were talking about it. And it was a joke. We were joking about the executioner, you know, a lot. We just kept like and not in like it was just kind of like we just kept referring back to the executioner and and he just became kind of like this this little this little um nuance that we kept talking about every day and and finally one day we were kind of were like i think we need to you know be fun we're like oh wouldn't it be fun to do that yeah that would be fun and then kind of was like well why don't we you know <laughs> it became one of those things where it's like let's do it well if you if you look over stephanie's shoulder you can see that executioner right behind her and um, the way that Javi drew, and we're like, oh, look at this guy with the big beer belly. Yeah, there are like the, the executioner with the big old belly. You know? <laughs> he wasn't even supposed to be a character. Like, we knew no. there was going to be an executioner. Javi is the one who kind of forced him into the story. And it, wasn't, it wasn't like he actively did. He just, it was a character he wanted to draw. And as he drew it, we're like, you know what? We do need to figure out what's going on with this guy. That's so. cool. That's cool yeah. how it just kind of happened organically like that. That's really neat. Yeah. Kevin, do you have anything you'd like to ask, buddy? I, I did, but I forgot it. it was <laughs> you know what? I have a question to ask you guys. Watch that's the, the, that's the sign sure. of a great interviewer right there. I had a question, but I just totally fucking forgot. Like, I, don't know. I, I forgot it. I did. So I know, you guys, I know that you guys right now are, are still far away from your goal on Metal Shark Bro. Yes. But, what do you, but how do you feel about being the only campaign that today is actually doing anything? And what I mean by that is if we, Steph and I, we go look at kick track every day. We look at not What's just kick, our, track? kick track. Actually, you can go back and look at every um, Kickstarter campaign that's ever been run. Ugh. And you can look and see every single day what happens. If you guys go back and look at the first Metal Shark Bro, it'll tell you every single day what the dollar amount was that you got, what the number of backers you got. It actually will show you the curve and the graph and all that. So you can say, okay, well. <laughs> Every single day, every single um, campaign, Wednesday is the worst day. We don't want to go invest a whole bunch of time into stuff on a Wednesday. So you can look at things live as it goes. It gives you projections of how far they think you think you're going to go and all that. It's K-I-C-K-T-R-A-Q. Okay. Okay. I'm um, on there right now. Yeah, but if you, <laughs> look at Metal, if you look at Metal Shark, bro, there's a bunch of other it's really big campaigns yeah. that are out there. I mean, don't need to name any names, like you said, but there's campaigns we all know. And right now, for even like for us today in the last couple of days has been very, very flat. You guys are the only ones that seem like you're able to keep three, four, five hundred dollars yeah. happening every single day. Everybody else is in a very flat zone. So even though you have your number really, really high compared to every other campaign out there, you're the only campaign that's every day you can wake up and know, hey, when I go to bed, we're going to be five hundred dollars farther, five hundred dollars closer to our campaign, so or to our goal. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like we, uh, we didn't know that to begin with. And if you had told us about Kick, kick Track, we wouldn't have known. <laughs> we wake up with surprises. So. Uh, right now, according to Kick Track, we're trending to twenty four thousand seven hundred and nine dollars, yeah. which would which would be our goal. So yeah, to, um, I don't know, man. Like it's just kind of one of those things. Um, 
I don't know, uh, Kevin and I and Walter, I think when we went into this, we thought that everyone who kind of backed book one would back book two. And we were finding that we weren't getting a lot of crossover. And we were like, well, that's weird. Why not? Because we put up an update right when we launched issue or excuse me, uh, volume two for volume one. Like we, we, we put a, uh, an update there and we, you know, cause you can, you can track everything with the URLs or whatever. And yeah. we had like 22 people come over we're like, wow, that's really bad. Like that's awful. But then we also thought like, Hey, nobody checks fucking Kickstarter emails because you get a thousand of them. So many of them. Yeah. So we just, we just started like emailing. I just started going through and pasting emails and sending like a bulk email to people like 20 at a time. And I noticed we started getting first volume backers for the second one, but we kind of discovered that we're getting new people, which is kind of weird because Kevin and I were talking about it today because we just assumed like, Oh yeah, volume two. Sure. I got volume one, but we're getting a lot of new business, which is surprising and fun because at the end of this thing, if we fund, we could have like almost, two separate audiences for volume one and volume two with a little bit of crossover, but we can still kind of say, Hey, we still were able to grow this thing exponentially, which is kind of fun, you know, but living it is frustrating, but whatevs we're doing it. We're doing it. I think what happens a lot. I know I've noticed that a lot of Kickstarter campaigns that I back that are subsequent issues. I'm usually jumping in at issue two or three because maybe the first campaign I didn't hear about because it wasn't as popular as the first campaign. And now that they've gained some momentum and they have a fandom, now I'm seeing more of my friends post about it. So I'm jumping in, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't know about this series. This series sounds awesome, you know, and jumping in at at that time. So I think that's probably kind of what it is. You know, you guys, you guys made a name for yourselves with the first one. And now, now, you know, people are talking about you a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's definitely weird. It's fun. Like it's, it's, you know, it's always nice. Like the other day I posted, like, it's weird how, how my mood is tied to this thing. And people are like, dude, you'll be okay. I was like, oh, I know we'll be okay. But it's just more of like a, like a, like just a comment. Like it just popped into my head. Like, wow, it's just so weird how. Oh yeah, no, it's two things correlate, you know? <laughs> yeah, you basically decide when you start a Kickstarter, you're like, hey, I'm going to hand over my emotional cycle to Kickstarter for, you know, 30 days or so, because when, when you, when you have somebody pull their backing, you feel like total crap or people aren't paying attention to the campaign. You feel like total crap. You know, somebody backs you for like one issue and you're like, Hey dude, that's great. Or somebody you don't even know. You're like, where'd that guy come from? That's pretty cool. Or somebody like throws money at your campaign. And I know you, I know you guys have had people do that. And we've had people do that as well for us. And you're just like, Holy crap! What that person really believes in us now, you know? And you just yeah. are all over the place. Yeah, it's weird how Kickstarter serves as idea validation to to some point for for creators, and and it's not that. I mean, it, just because your your thing doesn't fund, it, it, you have to think about algorithms and all that crazy stuff that goes into it. So like your algorithms may be bad this one week, and then Facebook decides, hey, this is your algorithm, week, buddy. You're gonna be up there. So that's the craziest thing about about doing these things is that you don't you don't have any control over who sees what. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, even if you buy Facebook ads, you really don't have any control over that. So, because um, that that even remains unpredictable. But it, it, speaking of that sort of thing, like, um, what ways are you guys going about promoting your your joint ventures and and kickstarters and and such to where to where people can see them? That that way, you know that there there's people coming and bringing traffic to the site and um, getting your stuff. Other than conventions, of course. 
Well, um, you know, we, the same things that you would normally expect. I mean, we've got a lot of different, a lot of different fan bases that are attached to airs. We've got people that are music fans. We've got people that are comic fans and people that are steampunk fans with wildly different demographics. And we talked about that last time where we sell a lot of our melodic metal CDs to senior citizens because they want the collectability of it. They're not worried about the fact that it's stuff that sounds like it's coming out of Finland or Sweden. They're just worried about the fact that they want to, they want to be a completionist. They want everything. So <laughs> we have to make sure that we're marketing to those people, which is going to be different than the way you'd market to a metal fan that, of somebody that's going to, you're going to meet at a show. Um, one of the things that we did, um, and I think you might have done the same thing this past weekend, Bob, because um, we were at shows at the same time, was um, we offered an incentive. I did a signing with Travis Gibb from Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies um, in Melbourne, Florida at a, at a small, awesome little comic shop called Kingdom of Comics. And um, what I did was I brought my tablet down here, down there, and we had incentives right there on the table. Hey, if you back the Kickstarter right now at the, at the signing, you back it for X number, I will give you an issue of Tales from Nocturnia at the table to sign as long as you're backing to go buy the trade of heirs of a sealed one. Oh, that's cool. And I made more money off of people backing the Kickstarter than I did from actual sales at the table. So they really liked the incentive of, you know, Hey, I'll back your Kickstarter. I don't get billed until the end of the campaign. And you know, you're going to give me this thing for free. You know, it, it, it was actually, it was, it actually worked really well. We've got five more shows before the end of the campaign. We've got, I got pulled down to Tampa Comic-Con this weekend to do a panel on Saturday. I'm going to be sitting with David from, um, from the couch a little bit on Saturday. Um, then we have a wrestling signing. I'm going to be up there with Mick Foley and Sabu on, um, Oh, Sunday. that's cool. Yeah, that's dude. awesome. I actually just got, I just got stuff tonight for, um, and I'm going to do Mr. Sacco, but, uh, I'm going to do it my own way. So we're going to do steampunk Sacco. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's we have steampunk Sacco up there for him. And then, uh, Steph and I are going to have the three shows, Sunrise Comic-Con, um, steampunk bash and then um, the Acme comic creators uh, show and we're going to have the tablet there too you know if somebody wants to sign up for the kickstarter right there they'll just you know pop their stuff right in there create an account right there at the table and we're good to go that's great that sounds awesome it also also I don't know how next level you want to go but I was doing stupid human tricks on the last one we did and I was drinking hot sauce but you might be able to get McFoley to powerbomb you through a table for a stupid human <laughs> I don't know <laughs> and some donations I don't know if it gets us backers yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when we've done, when we've done live stuff, like when we've done, we've done alternative comics live and things like that. Stephanie will get up and she will dance. I mean, she, might just, several. she might just dance for you right had, now. If you guys ask her, several. that's weird. <laughs> I, think it's, no, it's actually, I don't mean, I don't mean like a pole dance. I'm talking about, like, <laughs> oh, I'm talking right about here. like, I'm talking about like car dancing. Like, you know how somebody would dance the music in their car and you're just like, well, when I hear, but Matt, when I hear, oh yeah, if you ask her, she will dance for you. Like that's just immediately the way <laughs> your mind just goes, oh, she's. Like, this to Conan, Matt. Yeah, he was yeah. like, he was like, Aquilonian serving girls. Like that's where his mind, I know where his mind went. I like, know. How about this? How about this? Let's let's let me let me just let me reframe your mind. Let's reframe your mind. Think about think about the scene in Charlie Brown where they're sitting there and he's playing the piano and all the kids are dancing around. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Schroeder, Schroeder playing the piano. That's right. Steph will dance for you 
maybe that's the kind of scene it would be more akin to. Yeah, so yeah. more awkward and awkwardly weird dance. It's it's <laughs> it's either awkwardly weird or it's like you know first place winner on so you think you can dance. It's it's I mean I like to think that it's that, but you know. <laughs> so, as opposed to be so on top of being the one page queen of comics, you're also a dancing queen. I'm also a dancing queen. You've got a dancing one-page queen of comics. It is kind of true. I mean, I do ask Matt. I have danced. I danced in the car, and it's just everywhere. That's, That's cool. Okay, okay. Really now, now I have a better understanding, because when he just said, like, she will dance for you, like, I was it's, like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I danced. I have danced. That's pretty yeah. much it. You right. pretty, much, pretty much Steph's car dance to every song. It could be... 80s music, it could be blast beat, like extreme metal, and she's doing this. So you're like Elaine then from Seinfeld. Like you're... That's exactly, that's <laughs> All right. exactly okay. what I had. In fact, that is what I've been compared to. You should, you should explain it as that from now on, and, and then That way off. we get rid of the whole like stripper connotation. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no more connotation. No more connotation. I did, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a wild 20s, I guess is what I'm saying. That's all. I <laughs> Uh, and, and if you explain it as lane dancing, somebody could cut her off from soup, you know, at the same time. Yeah. So this, so your uh, your Kickstarter uh, has sixteen more days. You guys are already in stretch goals. Tell us about some of the stretch goals you guys are coming up with here. So the um, first stretch goal we have, which is actually pretty cool, um, a lot of people do it where they'll get some of their friends to donate their PDFs of their titles. Oh yeah, we and, were thinking about doing that too. That's a good, we did that as a tier. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so, so what we did with that is, you know, the, the first time we did it, we first Kickstarter we did, we had two different tiers for that. We'd have one for this one. And we actually had people asking us to be like, hey man, can I be in your tier? Oh, that's and, cool. And, and the way that it works is it'll, it gives you something as an incentive for people to be able to get these free titles, but it also becomes promotion because we tell people, hey, look, what, if you give it to us, once we get there, we're going to make sure that we actually promote you or promote what you have going on. Yeah. Um, a couple of people either have Kickstarters going on right now or they have a Kickstarter that's going to be coming up and it gives us the ability to organically be able to talk about them. And, and um, you know, so that's, a, that's one of them. And then we've talked about some other things. Everything after that would be physical tiers. That would be, cool. uh, you know, we've talked about doing shirts, a different kind of shirt uh, this time. And I know people are like, oh, you never want to do a shirt with a Kickstarter, but <clears throat> we're both metal. We understand how metal works. And um, we've got a bunch of shirts as it is already. And we are used to sending out copies of the comic with people wanting to get a shirt or having a rack of shirts at the shows. So it's not like it's a foreign concept to us. That's cool. Um, mm -hmm. But that's something that may happen. I, and I will tell you this, one of the things that we find crazy, you would think people like, oh, I want to get a bunch of you know, smalls and mediums, because that's kind of the fashion now. We have more people you can count coming up to our tables. Do you have double XL? Do you have triple XL? <laughs> like, I guess we need to get a lot more of those shirts. Steph is definitely not one of the people coming up to the table asking for the triple XL shirt. That would definitely be like a dress on me. We could start a new <laughs> trend and be in there as dress, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So you guys are rocking it out. You got t-shirts, you got the whole nine yards. That's really cool. You guys run for 18 more days, or yeah, 18 more days. It's the heirs to a seal door. That thing is on Kickstarter right now. I feel like we're becoming fast friends because this is, I think, the third time we've done this. Yeah, I'm inside. Yeah, third time in a week. The, well, the, the first time the internet was bad on, on Matt's end. The second time, 
uh, my internet was bad and then I forgot to hit record. So we tried to recreate that magic that we did the second time and it just didn't work out at all. So now we just came in and we did it all and we've learned so much more about each other. Look at this. It's, it's a wonderful so much. So yeah. I know the last time that we talked, we said we had this mystery cover that was going to be being released and it yes. was by our guy, Brian Silverbacks. Yes. And yeah. um, I don't know if you guys get a chance to take a look at it. We were super happy with the way that thing came out. Um, he did an homage cover to an Incredible Hulk cover. Oh, that's cool. If you yeah. look at the Incredible Hulk cover that he did, like he, Steph and I had talked with him before about doing something for the next Tales from Nocturnia. And you guys actually, the cover he did for you guys were like, nah, we need to not be waiting until then because he's really killing it. You could tell he was in a vibe of putting out some really good stuff. And so we're like, yeah, we just need to talk to Silverbacks and about doing something now. And it probably was what maybe 30 minutes stuff of you and I just kind of bouncing ideas back and forth with him. And he, we like, he's like, oh, you know, we have this one big character, you know, we know you like to do big burly things. He's like, yeah, man, I could do it. What, what about if we did an homage cover? What if we did this? And we were like, holy crap, dude, where'd this come from? That's an amazing idea. Let's do it. And like two days <laughs> later, two days later, we had the thing up on the site. I mean, it was just, he, yeah. it was just, it was just fate, man. It was just fate. Yeah, he's seen it. Yeah. I met him um, over the weekend at Epicos in Chattanooga. And he's a really nice dude. Like, I really yeah. like, I really like Brian. He's a very nice guy. And his, is, yeah. his work is cool. Like, uh, he's, he's, it looks like he wants to do more cover stuff than like interior pages and shit like that. But he, he, what he's doing, he's doing really well. And I'm, I'm happy for him. It was really nice to meet him. So he was cool. Yeah. Totally cool, dude. I was there with him at uh, Daytona Beach Comic Con. I got to meet him down there. He's a good dude, man. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, he, he's he has a good energy. I like it. You know. Yeah, we've we've had we've been on his show too before, and he's oh, he's, oh. he's uh, yeah he's he's a he's a cool dude. It's kind of how we got to know him. He met, met him at the show. Then we were on it. Then we were on his podcast, and then it was always it's always like yeah, we should do something together. Every time we talked to him, so it just came about organically, and it was yeah. It's a, we're really proud of the cover that he did for us. That's awesome. Well, that's we'll, awesome. We will look for that. And again, go to Kickstarter, uh, back airs of a sealed door. It's really wonderful. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on again. Um, we promise we won't have you on next week. Like, and if, we do, <laughs> if we do like time will stop and the world will end. And that will be bad because day from now on. Yeah. <laughs> if time stops, we'll need the watchmaker guy. Yes, we will. Yeah. Thank you so much guys for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks a lot, guys. Take Bye. care. Outro us, Kevin. Well, that was Stephanie Cannon and Matt Knowles from heirs of Isildur and uh, it's on Kickstarter right now Um, it's it's uh, we're doing it at the same time as we are doing the Kickstarter for Metal Shark Bro volume 2 so um, go check it out um, in a couple days if you're a Metal Shark Bro backer you'll see a little update about the heirs of Isildur and while you're on while you're on Kickstarter go back Metal Shark Bro Island of Misfit Bros right now Uh, at this moment we have 312 backers $13,666 um, we're about $9,000 away from our goal. We're going to keep pushing, baby. We're going to keep on plugging. We're going to keep on making this thing happen, Jack. So uh, so you you do that for us. You go back this book. That would be very nice. Yes. If, if you back the book for any amount, we are appreciative. Yes. Uh, 
we, we even appreciate dollars. Like we don't care. Like as long as you're, as long as you're getting something that you want from the campaign, then we're happy for you. Yes. Yes. So yeah. So metal shark bro volume two live on Kickstarter right now. Thank you to Stephanie and Matt. They're wonderful. And again, it was fun to talk to, um, a writing team because they right. kind of know what we do and they kind of go through the things that we go through. And it was just nice to talk to someone else as uh, as an interviewer because we've been interviewed a lot lately. Yes. Um, which has been fun. We were on uh, Cheers to Comics podcast recently. Um, that was really fun. We did the... Valkyries uh, podcast. Yes, the Valkyries podcast. That was very fun. Two nice British girls. Uh, we had fun being pretending to be British with them. Uh, I was on a podcast yesterday called Throwback Thursday, which my friend does. It's like an old school hip hop podcast. And I was like, I'll do your pod. I'll talk about Metal Shark Bro for a minute. It was fun. I had a good time. Uh, and, and you and you and Walter did a double page spread. Double page spread, yeah. Which we, I was, which, which, which by the way, if Wendy, if you listen to our podcast, I'm a little jelly because I wanted to be on. Double well, page. I mean, we tried, dude, but you had I just know. started a new job. Yeah, I know, I know, but I still want. I, I still have to say, like, one day, Wendy, I want to be on double page spread because well, I, I I listen to Wendy's podcast. One day soon, hopefully. Yes. So um, so we, we've done we've done a lot of podcasts trying to get this thing into people's ear holes. And uh, a lot of uh, sharing on social media, trying to get into your eye holes. So um, reach into your pocket holes, baby, and come out with some cash. Your pocket holes. Yes, <laughs> reach into your pocket holes. Right, so we'll talk to you guys later. Um, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back soon. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>